0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Good food is
1: worth a thousand words. This is Aarti Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My family recipe from Food52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and just, they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes, and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children, about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't, like, born with a download on how to, like, velvet chicken. You know, like, that's not something that just, like, comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Quetzalcuado. And this is almost Agave road trip. What do you mean almost? Well, it can't be Agave road trip until Chava gets in the car. Sure, I get that. But he's always at least a bit late, right? That's why he has me to fill in. I'm everywhere. All at once. Yeah, that. But we also can't start our Agave road trip until we fill the tank. You
2: mean pay the bills?
1: Right, We've got to run the commercials that help us pay for these agave road trips. Wait, people actually pay for you to advertise their products? They do. In fact, here's one now. Jimmy Carbone, Arik Torn, and Danny Mena are obsessed. Obsessed with food and obsessed with alcohol. Now, if you were their doctors, that might concern you. But if you are an enthusiast of the Mexican stew known as pozole or agave spirits like mezcal, tequila, and aricia, then your sole concern should be getting a ticket to Bowl of Zole, the festival that came out of their obsession. Bowl of Zole, the festival of pozole and mezcal, will take place on Saturday, October 23rd, in Brooklyn, there will be 10 pozzoles by 10 chefs, including Fanny Gerson, the candy queen. How sweet is that? And there will be more than 50 agave spirits, so you'll definitely want to coat your stomach with all those pozzoles. And hey, Chava and I will be there too. What will we be doing? Well, of course, we'll be tasting all the pozzoles and destilados with you, but we'll also be live streaming interviews with the chefs, and the brands. But you'll also want to look for us at our table, where we'll be offering free samples of the new Café Mescalero Coffee Cold. It's a coffee conditioned with Cruz de Fuego Mezcal made by our friends at Dark Matter. So, go get your tickets for Bowl of Zole at bowlofzole.com. That's B-O-W-L-O-F. Yeah, that's the easy part. Then... Z-O-L-E dot com. Yeah, B-O-W-L-O-F-Z-O-L-E dot com. We hope to see you there October 23rd. And if you can't make it, we hope to see you that same day on the Agave Road Trip Facebook page or Instagram page for our live stream interviews, it'll be exciting to see if Chava can channel his inner Harry Carey for the seventh inning Pozole stretch. Catch you at Bowl of Zole. Get your tickets now at Bowl of Zole.com. <laughs> I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps Gringex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits and rural Mexico. That's a lot to understand, Lou. I don't know if anybody can understand all of these things at once, but we do our best. I don't need them to understand all of it. As long as they get the overall sense, that's all that really matters, Chava. Okay, okay. So what are we talking today about? Today, I want to talk about this thing called a denomination of origin. The premise here is, hey, we've got this special thing we produce. Here you can maybe make something like it somewhere else. But what we are making here, it's our cultural heritage and we're going to protect our cultural heritage. Okay, we've discussed this various times in the
3: podcast, but today we actually have a I think we have a textbook example. Of something that just happened, that it was, uh, and that it's controversial, it's hot, and it's delicious
1: as well. It's called Raisilla. (laughs) (laughs) right? And it also gives me the excuse to have a um, uh, to have an episode name that is highly Googleable.
3: I think you should stop saying this. I think people are going to start seeing through us and saying that we just care
1: about attention, but awesome. Okay, let's go. I'm not sure they ever stopped seeing through me, Chava. Anyway, so yes, we have this thing called Ricea. What exactly is Ricea, Chava?
3: Well, that's the. Is it the newest? Yes, right. It's the newest DO that has appeared in the landscape we don't of agave spirits. We don't know. By the time this episode airs, there might be six
1: or seven more. Which is which? Is, we just received. We just received a paper where they're calling for more. In fact, <laughs> yes. Which is, yeah. Okay. I don't want to divert into yeah, that yeah, anyway. Yeah. So get back to where I see so
3: it. Yeah. So today, today, which is October of 2021. <laughs> it's even October. I think yeah. it's last days of September of 2021. Yeah. This is the newest denomination of origin. And actually, you know, that's, that's a huge mistranslation on the Spanglish side. You know, uh, in international terms, in Mexico, we say denominación de origen, which will be translated mm-hmm. directly as denomination of origin. But that right. instrument that has been established in Mexico for tequila, mezcal, and other things internationally, it's a- actually a geographic indication. It's not a right. denomination yeah. of origin.
1: Which, again, yeah, fair. A- it's fair, but it's you know, it's like oh, you're just you're just getting into all of these words that get confusing.
3: Well, well I just want to get the facts right, because this is something that I've seen <laughs> a lot of academics pointing out at people that it's like it's something that I just want to get
1: straight. Sure, that's that's fine. Just be prepared, because I just put that uh, in my pocket. You saying you wanted to get the facts right. I just put that in my pocket and I'm going to pull that card out at some point oh, good when Lord. we're having another discussion. OK, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'd like that. So,
3: Anyways, 2021, the the Reisilla geographic indication or denomination of origin is the newest one to have been established, and so what is Raisilla? <laughs> and please let's jump into the quote because uh, yes, <laughs> like, like I, I just find I just I, I just find the, the, the quote hilarious. And what is Raisilla? We're going to discuss later on in the rules that it has to follow to to be called Raisilla.
1: But where does the name come from? Esteban. Right, so here's so here's a quote from Esteban Morales from La Venanosa and de Rombos. Take it away, Esteban.
2: Everybody is asking why the name Raisilla, where this name came from, and it's very simple. It, it never, it always been a mezcal, but these guys call mezcal Raisillero because this mezcal made a little roots that we call hijuelos. And these guys used to call these hijuelos little raisillas. And there is where the nickname raisilla came from. And you can find it in front of us from all the time in the labels of all the producers of the coast of Jalisco.
3: Uh, What I find hilarious about this quote is that Esteban, it's and shout out to Esteban. Everything he bottles is
1: freaking amazing. It's available in the U.S., right, Lou? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. He was the first guy to bring Arisea into the – well, he's the first guy to bring an agave spirit labeled as Arisea into the U.S. in uh, 2013 or 2014. I can't remember. So we love Esteban with a passion.
3: And, well, there's something that I find marvelous about this quote is that he is describing a behavior that every agave has. What? Your Espadin from Oaxaca, your lamparillo from Durango. Well, not every
1: agave. Like, you know – I want to get the facts straight here, Chava. Okay. <laughs> that didn't take me long at all, did it? That, not that every didn't take t- <laughs> not not every agave.
3: That is actually that is actually correct. Okay, thank you, Lou. thank you, Lou, for being my my designated fact checker. <laughs> sure, I'm,
1: I'm here for you. Uh, but 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 to be fair, I don't think there is a community that you and I have visited where at least one, uh, and usually a lot more of the agave varietals available, do actually put off the little roots, the little iuelos that he's talking about, the us and
3: I think we should explain why the hell is that, because it's something that I also... The first time I heard about this, I thought it was like mutant behavior. Oh, that's a good point. Usually yeah. we talk... Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, like, we usually think about the reproduction of agaves uh, coming from flowers. There's this quiote that grows in the middle of it that looks like a tree. It's probably the fastest growing thing in nature, gets really high up, creates flowers... Uh, that need to be pollinated by bats and uh, only
1: bats, right? The only pollinators for <laughs> agaves are bats. Now you're big sarcastic. Checking. I get to, no. Of yeah. course not. Pollinated by uh, by the hummingbirds, famously by the hummingbirds. Yes. There's this thing called Absolutely. a bee that also will pollinate <laughs> it. There <laughs> the are bee. flies that will pollinate it. Yeah. Anyway. So long story short, that's that's usually
3: how these agaves reproduce, but they have another trick under their sleeves. Because agaves are the ultimate survival machine, right? That they will refuse to die. Well, no, they don't refuse to
1: die. They like they refuse to, they refuse to allow their uh, their lineage to die, right? They're gonna have children. They're gonna have I mean Absolutely. we've got some beautiful pictures of even after you the 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 mescaleros, vineteros, whatever you want to call them, have cut the quiotes to try to stop it from reproducing. <laughs> yes. I, we've got pictures of these beautiful quiotes that started shooting up little mini quiotes. What Quiotitas? What would you call it? <laughs> quiotitas Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's a new academic term, thanks to Lebank Uh well yeah, so if the conditions are right, and actually, I, I am now extremely sure of which are the conditions that will prompt these kind of hijuelos to be more probable. But I just think they they, they got they, they want to reproduce earlier. They're like a like a, like just quicker at reproducing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I honestly think you know from from just from my stupid observations that oh some Lord. agaves are Here like wait 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 okay you're gonna try and stop me. I guess it'd be a female voice. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna try and stop me from reproducing by cutting off <laughs> no, my kiote? No, it's, it's genderless. Agaves are genderless anyway, um, and <laughs> so, yeah, so then they'll like they'll shoot up the iuelos, um as a result of of somebody caponing their kiote, chopping off their reproductive stock. But sometimes I've seen it where they don't even wait for that to happen; they just start shooting off the iuelos like. Like, you know, sometimes it's a plan B and sometimes it's, hey, I'm doing all of this at once. Kind of, you know, not so different from people, right? Yeah, and the juelos are just basically tiny little baby agaves that start
3: sprouting from the earth around the agave. It's sort of like if the roots were expanding and from every little root, there was a new agave that came out. Kind of the way that potatoes grow. Kind of what any other plant will do. In, in, in it to expand itself. Not every other plant, but many other plants will do to start expanding itself, right? So it's it's actually it's actually like if you think of it like the most logic way in which you will think Agaves will reproduce. And this brings us back to Ricea.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know it's funny because we could go down a bunch of different roads and we'll do this in other episodes about those iwelos. But let's get back to the Ricea.
3: Long story short, in this place in this geographic area of Mexico, this specific behavior was surprising for the people that were making Mezcal out of this or were making Agave spirits out of this. And it was so surprising that they decided to name their spirit after this behavior a behavior that happens all the way from Durango down to Oaxaca. Does that make this spirit different? Just because these people were more interested about this specific behavior, is that enough to call a, a, a geographic indication or a domination of origin? Well, you know,
1: so the, the, the quote that we got from uh, from Esteban is part of a much longer interview that I did with him. You were mm. busy working on your hair that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a longer interview that I did with him. And, you know, what he said later on in the interview that like that, that explains why they call it Ricea on the coast. Right. But then he said later on that it was 200 years later that they adopted the name in the mountain regions of Jalisco. And the reason they adopted it there was not because they recognized the agaves casting off these little iuelos via their their icieros, but rather um, because they were trying to avoid taxes. And by naming it differently, they could avoid the tax. That's fascinating. Yeah, isn't it? So like it's, it's it's to your point like it's the same thing, right? It's it's not it's not that it was made differently, it's just the same thing they just called it something different. Um and and uh and then the name became something different as a result of taxation 200 years later.
3: Yes, and by this and the next fascinating thing is raicilla does taste very differently than a lot of the agave
1: spirits that you get to taste. And- no, I I think I it, it's tasting amazing. Well, maybe I'm just drives me nuts when I read this online, brother. What? It does. It drives me nuts when I read somebody saying, oh, that's what an or I see it tastes like. It's like you drink Y'all, one yes. mezcal. Like, that oh, that's great. what mezcal tastes like. That's correct. And you that know, there great. are plenty. Like, I, OK, yeah, I give you that. Yeah, I give you that. thank you. <laughs> like let's, yeah. Hey, I pulled the truth card on you again and there are people there are there are so many people who know so much more about this than either you or I do but especially me but you know like my read on it is you're not wrong that like or might be the name because of the traditional name right it was mescal de uh, del iciero is, yeah, yeah. is is what they would call it right um and and they called it that because of the the fact that, it, you know, they were making the uh, the spirit from this agave that came from the roots of another agave. Oh, okay. Um, but it's as varied, it can be as varied in taste yeah. as any other agave spirit made using ver- a variety of agaves in a variety of ways from a variety of communities.
3: Okay. And in very much agave road trip tradition where we go into the weeds and then at the end of the episode, we explain the one thing that we were talking about all along. Can, do you know the rules that the denomination of Origin establishes for rice Lou? Which are the rules that you need to follow in order to be
1: calling Raysella? So- you know, I, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, though. Once again, I will, and we'll put this on the a link to it on our, our episode page on the, the website. But, you know, I will point people to the spreadsheet uh, that uh, that I put together for Sacred. If you go to sacred.mx, at the very bottom, there's, mm. a, there's a line that says, what is Mescal, You click on it and you get this spreadsheet that, that compares all of the rules of the different gnomes or different denominations of origin or different geographical <laughs> indicators, you. whatever you, you want to call it, Captain Chava, <laughs> um, uh, so that you can get like a really fine point to it. But the ones that I recall are, it's it's two very specific regions um, in uh, Jalisco and Nayarit. I'm sorry, three specific regions uh, in Jalisco and Nayarit from which uh, you can make the spirit and certify it as Raysia, number one. Number two... Has to be 100% agave. Number three, it can be any agave except Blue, 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 Weber, 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 Weber. There's the, that was for you, Roy. You do something fun with that.
3: Okay. So, very broad. Very, very broad. It just. Uh, uh, and, okay. So, and again, because uh, in true agave road trip fashion, do you think there are tangible benefits to the communities that are making Reisilla? Do you think they're going to they're gonna have a better livelihood by making rice yeah, after this DO got implemented? And, and do you think it's going to help them in any way? Do you think it's going to hurt them in any way? What do you think about this?
1: I, I oh my goodness. You know, I, I, I think I am opposed to DOs so long as there is a Mezcal DO, right? Mm. So long as there is a denomination of origin for a spirit called Mezcal. Which means that all of these families who have been making mezcal de raiadero and uh, you know vino de mezcal de tequila have been making all of these spirits, and they can no longer use that word mezcal. Uh, so long as that is the case, I, I don't see I don't see anything but downsides to these families in these communities of having more of these D.O.s. Um, I, I think I think it puts up barriers to them being able to. Um, protect their cultural heritage in the way that they see their cultural heritage, right? And mm. you and I have talked to enough families that I think you'd agree with me that you know what one family on one side of the yeah. road views as the cultural heritage is not the same as across the road. So trying to homogenize that um, just throws up barriers, I believe.
3: Absolutely, and uh, I mean I, this is way over the time limit, but I was I was visiting one of my favorite craft stores in Mexico City. Probably the two women that I, I think are some of the masterminds sourcing some of the most beautiful things in the country. It's called Honora House. I had never been, dumb me, but I had the chance to go last week. And we're talking about this, right? Uh, we're talking in, in this specific case of Clay, and I told the the girl that was in the store, well, yeah, like, craft is so flexible. Imagine, like, when somebody from one community marries the other person from another community, like that fundamental changes to tradition. And she looked at me and said, and do you think these people don't travel? Do you think these people don't migrate? <laughs> like it's not only marriage, kid. Full families move from one place to the other. They encounter different right. materials, different dirt, different wood, different kilns. And they will, they, like their livelihood is their craft and they will change according to the to the things that they have at hand. So and then I was like, you know, my head exploded. Forget, forget <laughs> about, like, like you
1: know, people. Who- we actually, we actually had a whole episode on this, Java.
3: Yes, maybe, but nobody had told me this <laughs> with such crazy, beautiful precision. No, 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 Rob
1: Diaz, Rob, Rob Diaz, very <laughs> specifically said this. Well,
3: uh, you know how sometimes you just understand. They can tell you the same yeah. thing just in a different moment, yep. and it just yep. clear cut. Awesome. Well, that happened to me w- when she said that. And uh, right. and again, like as as you say, I think these new like small denomina- smaller denominations of origins are almost like a patchwork. It's almost like like uh, you know I don't know how you call this in 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 English, but it's like when you were a child and you didn't win any of the first three prizes, they will do like uh, a a little prize for participating, like thanks for participating,
1: little oh, prize. I, I- I think it's worse than that. Oh, In fact, so, okay, so let's <laughs> let's let's wrap this up actually with a, another quote from Esteban, um, because he points out he points out the reality of the Ricia deal. Okay, right. So once once again, here's a, here's Esteban Morales from La Venenosa and Derumbas.
2: Nobody really explained then the 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 moment. They thought, if I have the deal, everything is going to be better tomorrow. And guess what? You know they wake up exactly the same next day of the deal, you know? it's, it's going to be complicated the next years. They, they need to work harder twice, three times harder than today because they are open now to compete with huge money. And that's something that is going to be complicated for the small families.
3: Oh, man. Just ruined my day.
2: Uh, okay. that's
1: why that's why I like to record these episodes in the morning Chava yeah yeah so I can cry for the rest of the day
3: oh man there's so much to to talk about this uh, we're at the end of this episode I definitely think we should wrap it up but uh, there's so many other lines we
1: need to to explore on this topic okay well we'll uh, we'll hope that there was something uh, valuable in here for the Gringix bartenders and uh, and I'll catch you next episode
3: see you soon Lou adiosito